Who are the buyers of those stocks? People who believe the news, which I'd recommend no one ever does. Um, and, and a lot of momentum traders. So like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that if you know that it, the coronavirus sector is hot because people are dying and there's nothing more important than their lives, then, then everyone thinks that other people will buy companies if, um, if there's a valid reason, even if the company's like lying. So then when enough people think that other people are going to buy, they will buy based on the fact that other people will buy when it, when it rises, uh, even a few percent. Um, and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast. We are back, Jeevan Stonson and Ann Kurt and Kim, just saying things back to front. Stephen Stonson, Stephen Johnson, and Kurt and Kim, Kim and Kurt. Uh, on, on Steady Trade Live, discussing hot sectors. There's been no more relevant time really to do this, uh, simply because of coronavirus. And we're in, a, we're in a really kind of crazy period right now with coronavirus. And uh, the market is reacting accordingly. But I'll, I'll, what, what is going on for you? What have you researched? What have you learned for hot sectors? Well, um, I, I feel like, and the rooster is, is back, by the way. So if you hear the rooster in the background, it's, it's, a, it's a painful day. If there's any rooster catchers in Hawaii, please contact me right away. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really glad that you had me dive into the hot sectors because I felt, I feel like it helps me wrap my arms around finding and, and I'm, and I have a question around this, like finding the places that I'm the most curious about is that, so I'm going to read the hot, the sectors, just all yeah. sectors, just because I want to speak to them for the beginners and make sure that I'm correct in my research. So what I have here are 11 sectors, energy, basic materials, industrials, consumer discretionary, uh, consumer staples, healthcare, financial, Information technology, communications, utilities, and real estate. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad. I mean, I don't know what, what the sources that you've took from that. And um, I think when it probably when you talk about like bigger sectors, uh, um, and or like sectors in the economy in general, it's probably true. But when you when you trade stocks uh, and especially micro cap stocks. The sectors kind of whittled down, and it kind of goes down to whichever market you're trading. So, like, say you're trading, I'm thinking of the FTSE because I'm looking to invest in the FTSE 100, but that's London. If you trade in the, um, like, say if you trade in the Nasdaq market, you'll get a lot of like technology companies, um, which is more like internet businesses. Where if you trade on the New York Stock Exchange, you'll get more like the dot com bubble companies, the website companies, the airlines, maybe. Um, and stuff like that, but but generally the, the 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 sectors that run are biotechnology companies are always running because they need to raise money, 
uh, to continue funding research. So they're generally good shorts. Um, you get a lot of green energy uh, because that is the thing of like 2020. Uh, any kind of uh, green energy company runs. Oil and gas is a sector that will definitely run, but it's not very volatile. Like biotechs are small companies, so they'll tend to like really be volatile. Um, and there's there's definitely some others that I just can't think of. Obviously, you've got like in retail. Retail's obviously retail's a sector, but it's not a sector that's heavily traded by like micro cap traders, like day traders, because it's not so volatile. Um, so the sectors that you would be interested in would be the ones that are the most volatile or are there certain ones that you're just experienced in have always paid attention uh, to? Yeah, no, it's a good question. The sectors that we trade as day traders is what every day trader trades. It's not what you like, like one of the, the hottest sectors of recent years is shippers. Shippers and weed stocks because obviously pot got legalized a couple of years ago. So the pot market went crazy and, Loads of pot companies like went from like 50 cents to like $20, $30. But like one of the famous sectors that runs the shipping sector hasn't run in a few years, but it ran when I first started trading and it's, it's run multiple years before that. And it's cargo. It's companies that ship stuff, like ship the freighter things. That That's uh, Hawaii Island. Our island is completely dependent on those cargo ships because we everything gets to Oahu and then it has to be taken on a boat over to the big island so I'm like I see that ship you know usually they're like we know the schedule the day it shows up because it brings all our supplies that's great it's pretty crazy but yeah I mean uh, you'll be pleased to know that the vast majority of these shippers or at least the big ones are complete scams Uh, they manipulate the market uh, they tell lies and uh, they push up the stock price only to like dilute the dilute the shares and raise more money to continue funding their operations, which they're running at a loss. If they're, if um, they're so part of like the experience of just a place like Hawaii, how, how is it that that would be the case? Like, why wouldn't they just organically be profitable because they're needed and there's not that many to pick from? I mean, the the major ship shipping companies that uh, are regularly occurring on the stock market are run by, uh, I don't want to say criminals, but they're run by people who know how to bend the law to make even more money through the shipping sector and the ships that they own. They know how to basically fix the stock market so they can manipulate it to make a lot of money. It confuses me when you could make a lot of money without having to manipulate anything. Like, why is it not enough? But apparently it's not for some people. No, but I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, I guess the, the point of the podcast today is not whether or not what people are doing is ethical because a lot of trading is on the fence of, eth- not, not trading, trading is ethical. Like us day traders, we are just trying to take advantage in a fully, um, in a market where everyone's against each other. It's completely trans- transparent and fair. We're all just trying to do the best we can, but so I think this is fully ethical. But I think when you get into the shady side, and Tim Sykes talks about it constantly, and um, you when you get in the shady side of owning companies and, and owning shell companies, and you can pay people to manipulate the stock price, uh, it gets really shady. And the shipping sector is really famous for being extremely shady. But but the point of the podcast is not to talk about how ethical. Uh, 
some of these markets are, it's more how can you take advantage of it. And what do you, when you, right now, are, are you, because you spoke to coronavirus, so presumably right now we would want to be paying attention to the volatility. I presume there's a lot of it in healthcare. Yeah, so I mean, the the market's really crazy right now because the, the SPY and the QQQ, like the, the SPY, which is the standard and poor, uh, and, the, and the NASDAQ, the main American markets are all crashing. All of the main markets that represent the biggest companies in America are all crashing. Uh, and I, I think I read somewhere that the crash is the biggest crash since the financial crisis. Um, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, but it may be even transcending that now because of yesterday. So it's it's still not going well the second week. So it could be maybe on its way to worse. No, for, and I was going to short the market at the start of the year, but uh, and I would have been wrong, but, uh, but I didn't know coronavirus was going to hit. But, but the thing is, though, well, it, the market's in even some game. It always has been, so... Well, Corona, well, the overall markets are dropping and the coronavirus stocks are shooting through the roof because they're all very small companies and they're all biotechnology companies trying to find the vaccine. Uh, and they're all pushing out press releases every day saying, we're increasing our efforts to find a vaccine. We're, we're shortening the deadline to find a vaccine. And like 99.9% of them are not going to find a vaccine. Like no company in the world's found a vaccine. So who so, are like the buyers? Who are the buyers of those stocks? It's it's um, people who believe the news, which I'd recommend no one ever does. Um, and and a lot of momentum traders. So like it's like a self fulfilling prophecy that if you know that it, the coronavirus sector is hot because people are dying and there's nothing more important than, than lives, then then everyone thinks that other people will buy companies if. Um, if there's a valid reason, even if the company's like lying. So then when enough people think that other people are going to buy, they will buy based on the fact that other people will buy when it, when it rises, uh, even a few percent. Um, and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then, then you, so you get people who think that other people are going to buy it. So they buy it, even though everyone knows that it's not, it's a bad company and the news isn't real. Um, and then you get the people who anticipate the people who are anticipating buying. So they'll buy even before those people. Um, and it just becomes a big game of who can, everyone knows that they're buying rubbish, but everyone knows that the stock's going to run because it's in a hot sector with volume. So it's really crazy, but uh, it's just a game. It's funny. I saw this uh, yesterday on Twitter. Somebody was saying, you know, it, when people are panicking, they'll go to Costco and buy up all the toilet paper. And even if you're not panicking, you still will go to Costco and buy the toilet paper because you know those other people are going to buy it and you don't want to be left without it. So it sounds to me that part of what you're it's saying the is same, yeah. you, you may not be motivated because you think this is a great stock, but you know other people might be thinking it is, so you're going to be motivated by that. Yeah, no, there's a really good book, which is like 200 years old. Um, and I can't remember the title right now, but it, it's, it goes, it's something around, uh, and people who are watching comment below on YouTube, but it's something about the madness of crowds. And, um, and basically when groups of people get together, you, you will not believe the amount of hysteria they can create amongst themselves. Yeah. Um, which totally leads us to hot sectors. Like the, 
people are so irrational it can be unbelievable well i remember um, the tulip i mean the first yeah i know that was in that book yeah. craze that happened well that's probably more than 200 years ago i just remember hearing about that and how the price totally ballooned around the value of that so so here's a question so so right now, when you guys talk, you and Timbo, and talk about hot sectors, the hot sector is always changing, presumably? Yeah, because if the sector wasn't hot, if the sector, the sector has to change, otherwise the sector can't be hot. The, by definition, if it's a hot sector, yeah, it means it has to be cold sometimes, otherwise how can it be hot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally makes so sense. Just, just, so yeah. the, so, news, the news and the world events are what inform, like marijuana became legalized and that created a domino effect of that becoming a hot sector. Now coronavirus happened. So now let's say healthcare and pharmaceuticals, that's becoming a hot sector. So so you don't have anything to do with the hot sector, we as traders. No, you just follow, you try and find all of the companies related to the hot sector. And when the leader, when the most, the company that has the most chance of doing well runs, that you look to buy all of what we call sympathy players, all of the other companies that are like that company, we buy because if the leader of the pack runs, uh, all of the ones behind will also follow. But when the leader fails, they will also follow too. Would you say that it's important for a trader, especially a beginner trader like myself, do, do I want to at all get involved in the concept of what, predicting what the next hot sector might be? Uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. It's a good question and it's a common question. Um, and, the, and the reality is you can never, you can never, you can't predict the news. You can't predict the future. You can't predict the news. You can't predict the reaction of the future. You can't predict the reaction of the news. All you can do is say, say for example, and this has happened before and this is an example of a hot sector. There's a shooting in Vegas there's, and, and, it, and it's sorry to bring up a bad example, but it's true. There's a shooting in Vegas, and um, maybe a couple of cops uh, were injured. So all of a sudden, uh, a spy kind of technology, spy equipment, um, equipment around bodyguards or defense technology. Yes. This yes. sector will boom. It will boom because everyone wants. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is a tragedy. How do we prevent it happening?" Um, and they will look at like. Technology and defense, uh, even equipment, costumes, to prevent it, the, all the socks run. So when you can't predict a shooting's going to happen in Vegas, you just can't predict it. So, so then, because I remember there was a spy, it was like some spy was a sniper was shooting from his balcony a few years ago. But then, so what you do is when one sock breaks out, you then look at for all of the socks that are also gotten up that are in the same sector. And then you will look tech, on a technical analysis level what can I buy that's a good risk reward that looks like it's going to break out and it should break out because the leader of the sector broke out. If that makes sense. It makes sense. Is there a timeline to a hot sector? Nah, it's completely like news dependent. So the weeds, so if, if Canada is legalizing weed and America is legalizing weed and every two weeks, you, like it depends how meaningful the news is and, and how often it comes out. So if, if like, it literally a drug that's been banned for a hundred years is legalized. It's the sector is going to run for months and months and months. If Corona coronavirus, the hot sector will last until we find a cure. Do you know what I mean? Yes. The more people that die, the more, the, the, the more the sector will rise in terms of biotech. The more people that die, the more the market will crash. 
the more the biotech companies will rise. It just depends how, how many people, how serious it gets. Is there anything um, else that you think is important for, you know, how much, how much of this plays into part when you sit down, you're sitting down ready to trade. Are you coming into your trading day thinking what's the hot sector? Are you kind of nah, past that, that you're, nah, you'll know there's a hot sector. Yeah. You know that there's a hot sector because you'll open, like say on a typical day, you've got like four stocks up 20 or 30, 40% on the day, five stocks up 20, 34% on the day that have gapped up. Yeah. Um, and then if there's a hot sector, like saying these days, there's like when Corona was hot and it's still hot, there's 20 stocks up more than 50%. And you're like, what the hell is going on? So when you go through the list, you got biotech, 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 biotech. And then when you look at the news of each of the biotechs and the headline is coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. So all you do is you put, uh, you create a watch list okay. and you type in the tickets of all the stocks mm-hmm. that they've got. In the, and that's the coronavirus stock list. And then, uh, then you look at the technical patterns of when's the right time to buy them. One of the things I noticed was that every sector has, you know, letters after. So energy is XLE, uh, basic materials is XLB, industries is XLI. Are, are these ones that I want to memorize for these sectors? Nah, that's a good question as well. It's, it's so refreshing speaking to you because it reminds us of all the questions I had when I was, when I was starting out as well. They're good questions. And, and the questions that I thought of as well. Are you reminiscing when you? Uh, it's, it's like shit. I, re- I remember when I was talking to Tim Bourne and I just was desperate asking these questions. <laughs> and, and like Tim Bourne's like, uh, uh, uh. but, um. Well, nah, you're not you, doing that. You're not doing that. You're being nice to me when I ask you. No, but Tim, Tim Boom was nice to me as well. No, Tim Boom was nice to me because he saw an eager face that wanted to learn and, and you have the same soul. Okay. So no, it, it's, it's nice for me to answer the questions. I feel, okay. I feel good about it. I just don't like answering questions for idiots who don't study enough <laughs> or, or people who just want hot picks. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean like yeah. people are lazy and just want the right answer and they think that they can learn from your time and, and it's irritating. But, but, um, Maybe maybe they're not lazy, Stephen. Maybe they're just scared to trust themselves. No, nah, I don't agree. I I think um, a lot of the answers you could find on Google. Hmm. And um, and if if someone said to me, I've I've done I've done this research and this research, and I found this source and this source, and I'm a bit I'm a bit I'm a bit in between each of the analyses that I've read. Yeah. What do you think? I'd I'd be the first one to reply. I hear. But you. if the, if someone says like, um, what stock are you trading today of? Yeah. I'm going to go in at this price point. What do you think? I'd be like, if you said I'm going to go on this price point for this reason, this reason, this reason, but I'm worried yeah. about this. So, um, you've done your research. You want confirmation bias, but don't, don't just try and make money off it. I mean, I it, doesn't, do it doesn't make sense that anybody would want to ask somebody else what they're trading. If you've done any listening to these podcasts, you would hear like, why would you want to do what somebody else is doing? Unless you have, that methodology or that pattern, or that's what's working for you. Like, I, I can't imagine that just getting a hot tip from somebody would be enough. But anyway. Yeah, I don't think two people are that bad. But um, I think the I think a lot of the world is incredibly lazy. Um, and I think a lot of the world is not, not I, and I, I'm being negative. I, I shouldn't be like that. I think some of the world is lazy. I think, but more of the world, I don't think people are lazy. I think people expect results easier than the comp. Yes. yes. I think people 
think that they are entitled, especially the, I don't want to get in trouble for this, but like Generation Z or whatever. I think a lot of people grow up with self-entitlement and not understanding the value of hard work. And this may be age speaking for me because I am getting older. You are getting um, older. But, well, I um, think that unfortunately the cultures for some younger people, you know, everybody won an award when they finished the race, not let's say first place. So that kind of mixes you yeah. up to think that, oh, I get an award or a trophy just because I played. And, you know, then they go into the real world and find out that's not the way it really works. And so they, you know, it's kind of no fault to their own. That's how they were raised. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame anyone, but I, I, I'm kind of in the philosophy of, um, what is this? I'm not sure how, where I sit in it now, but there's a determinism. Determinism and uh, you you will never make a choice in life because the life's all mapped out for you. It's a debate for another day. But it, I don't believe fully in determinism and free will as well that comes into it. I don't believe fully in no free will and determinism, but I believe in it enough to feel to not be too angry at these people. Because, <laughs> because you, you've made it. the same argument there. You've made the same argument just that it's their environment. This is the information they've been fed. I'm not, I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just saying like, like I, I just, I understand why they come from that place. And my hope is that maybe even in this conversation, they can recognize their disposition to, if you're, if you're asking people for a hot pick, that's indicative of you not, of you thinking that it could be that easy. So it's just, I think it's self-awareness, like just become more self-aware. Like, we're talking about it not being the best way to go, and yet people still do it. So maybe that's ignorance. Maybe it's an experience. Maybe it's them being confused. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the, I've, like I just experienced it in the workplace and advertising as well. You'll get some young people who, who will like, but like it's just like even in advertising, it's like you've got these young guys, and they'll they'll be like literally disrespectful. They'll like shout at you, not like offensively, but They'll be like, I'm so annoyed at this, I'm so annoyed at this, and this is terrible. And and so they'll be, like, disrespectful, and then they'll have no work ethic, and then they'll come in late, and then they'll expect, like, a really high-paid job, and why, why am I not getting promoted faster? Well, it's, I'm just Simon, like, Sinek, oh Simon Sinek has a great talk. It's like a... I know, I know this talk. Right? I, right, that talk about millennials. It's such a great yeah, yeah. talk. And he talks about kind of of no fault of their own. Like this is what their parents were taught how to raise them. But anyway, we can't go down this pike because we only have yeah, a few minutes. But I, yeah. I have empathy for all these. I have empathy for all these guys, and I, I really yeah. try and understand them. So well, we're, there's no we're, you're no in a to influence them because you are advocating they play differently. Like you are you are proving to them by the way you're operating. That the, asking for a hot tip is not the way to go. It's not sustainable. And you're going to have to do the hard work. So I think your example to them is having an impact. All right. So back to my question. Do you pay attention? To, do you memorize this XLE, you know, XLF? No, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. And the answer is no. Okay. Um, the, what, ha- you, what will happen just it, the ticker doesn't matter. You play the chart and the fundamentals. You will, you will, and like I told you, the nine, the nine indicators bullish and bearish, and then over the series we've grouped them together. So what, what you will, once you get good at it, it takes five to ten minutes to do it. So you don't need to know tickers. All you need to do is analyze um, 
do the nine step process, however it works for you. It takes 10 minutes, do a fresh analysis of every ticker, every time, come to a decision and then make your decision because obviously the data changes, the market changes, the variables change with that. So every situation is fresh. And that being said, you cannot help but learn these tickers over time. That makes like sense. I, I can name all, I can name like 50, if, if, I, if someone put a gun in me head and said name 50 tickers and tell us the company name and the ticker, I would be able to name 50 probably. <laughs> okay. That's uh, with a gun in me head. So it's not about the tickers. It's more about keeping, keeping your eyes peeled for the news, for the things that are happening in the media, uh, for what's kind of, the focus that everybody's talking about at the coffee table, you know, or the, or the water cooler. Those are the things that are, do do you feel like you were ever surprised? I mean, maybe coronavirus, but were you ever surprised by a hot sector? Were you ever taken by? Never. You saw it coming. No, you don't, you don't ever see it coming. You you don't see anything coming ever in the stock market. What you do as a trader is you react to things. So nothing is a surprise. Everything is a reaction. Um, Something happens, you're like, okay, this has happened before, or this is close to this resistance level, I'm going to react to it like this. Not, nothing should ever be a surprise. Everything should be, this happened, I'm going to react like this, or that happened, I'm going to react like this. Um, okay. No, like, if, if this stuff, and, so and after three me, years or four years, you see everything in the market. So let me, let me just ask you this. So what, what I think I'm hearing is that you're saying, there will be unexpected developments and you want to not be triggered by the unexpected development, but get very clear headed around how you're going to navigate this unexpected news. It, it's like, but not like it's, it's like with the market, you, you've just got to, it's, it's hard to explain, but you just don't, it's not like you expect anything like nothing after even a year of trading, you can every day you expect the unexpected. Like you don't know you like you don't know anything that can happen in the market and nothing's in your hands. So all all you can do is like like a stock can be a thousand percent up one day, it can be fifty percent up the next day. Or like some stocks are up a thousand percent, some stocks are up twenty percent, some stocks are up a hundred percent. A stock can go from two percent to five hundred percent in a day. Like it happens all the time. So nothing unexpected happens because everything that happens, you can't predict and it's unexpected. Okay, so, but you've been trading how long now? Like 1.5 to like three years-ish. So at the beginning, I imagine though, everything is a surprise, right? Um, Can you think back to three years ago? Yeah, but not not really though, because like, so three years ago, I started trading and I see a stock up 150% in the first week. So I'm like, ah, that's the normal thing. And then I don't see one up for a, 150% 150% for a few weeks, but then it happens again. I'm like, ah, oh, that happened again. And then maybe one day it goes up 400%. I'm like, ah, oh, that's more than normal. But it, you can't, it's not like it's unexpected. What you've got to do is think, why did that go up higher? Ah, because the volume significantly more and the float significantly less. So it's not unexpected. The, the, the stock market, it, all of the variables work in mechanics with one another to make the percent gain. So nothing's unexpected. It's all part of nine moving parts of a formula working together. Okay. And that's why you can trade successfully when you learn how the nine moving parts work together. Nothing should be a surprise ever. Got it. Because based on the nine moving parts, you can expect what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you, 
in the first week of trading, everything's unexpected because you don't know what the hell's going on. Totally. First but week. I meant nothing, it would be the nothing. first year or first decade. <laughs> no, but nothing is – you shouldn't be like, – like, I mean, today I took up that loss that I was talking about with you earlier. And that that wasn't even unexpected. I was like, shit, uh, I missed this trick and I missed that sign and I missed that. And I was like, ah, I fell for some old tricks. Yeah. Not to worry, I haven't, I haven't fell for – Plus silly mistakes in about a year, so it's it's disappointing, but it's a great reminder, and I'll move on. So, but that but the, that wasn't an unexpected trade. Yeah. I just missed I missed a couple of telltale things. Gotcha. All right, so we have uh, one episode left in this variable series, and for that episode, we're going to bring Tim Bowen on to talk about the SEC filings, and then I think we're through our variables. So we have another podcast we have to do now. So I guess we should close up. Anything yeah, peace and about no, no. I, th- I think it's. I think all of these episodes are really valuable. I think everyone else will find them valuable. And and I think um, you asked some really good questions. Okay, good. I hope so. And you're, and you're super happy about learning. So it's it's. Uh, I am. It's, I'm excited about learning. And the more I learn, the more I want to learn. So that feels yeah, really good. Was. I was intimidated. Uh, very much in the beginning, but the deeper I get in, the less afraid. And it, it doesn't mean like I'm cavalier. I, I'm just excited because I'm curious and I feel like, you know, this, it, it just all makes sense. Like the, the concept. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard to make it. It's so simple. Like imagine you know what you know now. Imagine hearing this, the same thing over and over for another three years. Yeah. Like you can see it. It's not like, deep crazy philosophy it's pretty simple the you puzzle just pieces get it. are coming together yeah, you know when you put a puzzle together they, you start with the frame of the puzzle so the yeah, rest exactly. of the puzzle isn't there yet but i'm starting to feel like i'm seeing the outline of the frame so that feels no good. it's it's a very very good metaphor it's a yeah. very good metaphor okay. you're good at talking okay. <laughs> so am i so am i <laughs> That concludes this episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. And as usual, if you have any questions, concerns, or recommendations for us, please check us out at SteadyTrade.com, where we actually post transcripts of the episode and recap blog posts of the episode. It's a great resource if you're looking to expand your trading and get a more immersive experience from the Steady Trade Podcast.